to be here. Y'all are as crazy as me. I'm like, I have found my second family. I got, y'all know the one from my church was the one up here. Where's he at? <laughs> the crazy one. He from my church. Look, he running around the church right now. <laughs> my people crazy. We have learned that it's in the praise that God shifts things. And so are you ready tonight? Are you ready? You may be seated. Man, I got a word. I think we got to get a word. I got to let it out. Happy anniversary. Solid Rock Church. Happy anniversary. I promise y'all, I've been trying to lose my voice all day long. So I've been popping elderberry and laying hands on myself because I got a full weekend. So y'all go, come out. Just point to my voice and say, come out. Thank you, Bishop, for letting me stand in your platform for the 26th anniversary of Solid Rock Church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I honor all of you pastors. Man, I'm just so privileged to be able to stand in your presence. And then I got to honor uh, Bishop Clint. He's like my dad. And then he's really not old enough to be my dad unless he had me at 12, but he's close. He's the one that taught me everything I know, one of, one of the ones that's taught me everything I know, man. I love that guy. I appreciate you, Bishop, and my beautiful Kendall. I love that woman. She changed his life. Y'all listen to me. I knew him when he was cray-cray. <laughs> you tell me a woman can't change a man. He loves that woman, and she loves him, so I honor you guys. And stand up, Mimi. My mama. That is my mama, y'all. Yeah, y'all better honor my mama. She pushed me out butt first. Any woman that can push this thing out butt first, she deserves a standing ovation. And she's 73. She looks better than a lot of us. I walk beside her and everybody, every time somebody says, oh, y'all look like sisters, I'm like, oh. Because she does, and I'm afraid. But see, she was never nay-naying on bars like I was. <laughs> I lived enough hell that I've already aged 40 years because I was nay-naying instead of pray-praying. You know what I'm talking about? And then I married a couple of wrong dudes, and whew, that'll wear your tail out too. Fighting for healing, man. And you just, just all of a sudden on your knees, it makes all your skin just wrinkle. Because you've been on your knees for so long. I'm just kidding. White people melt. That's just the bottom line. I always tell people I'm black, but I crack. White people freaking melt. And so uh, if y'all see me next time, if I ever get to come back, I'm going to be like this. I'm going to be like, I'm laughing. Just kidding. I'm going to age gracefully. You know what was so cool was when they started singing that Dead bones dry again. My, my sermon tonight is about dry bones. That's what my sermon, and I get to kick this thing off, which is awesome, because I don't sling and spit and all that kind of stuff like the rest of them that are going to be here. They're going to wear your tail out. They're going to run all around the church with you. I'm going to talk like a civilized woman of God up here tonight. Yeah, I am. But my sermon title is, Sometimes God Has to Expose Us to Expand Us. So you've been wondering how come you've been walking through hell 
And it's because there's an anointing on your life. I'm speaking to some people in this room tonight that you walked up in here and feel like God's forgotten about you. You feel like your choices have disqualified you. You feel like that you are too late. You, are, you feel like on your dream board you should have already been at a certain place in your life. And now when that dream board went to hell in a handbasket, now you've stopped moving. When Hey. Hey. Yeah, we're back. Sometimes... God has to expose us to expand us. And here's another little nugget for you. Some things break our spirits, break our hearts, but fix our vision. There are some things in your life. It wasn't the destination that healed you. It was leaving the destination that got your blessing. It was that thing that you thought and you fought like hell for. That all of a sudden it fixed your vision. It fixed your... Honey, all of a sudden what took you down. All of a sudden gave you a bounce back. See, if you wouldn't have walked through the people leaving your church. If you wouldn't have walked through the failure in your marriage. If you wouldn't have walked through them cheating with your best friend. If you wouldn't have walked through drinking two bottles of wine at night. All of a sudden God said I had to break you in order to fix you. See if it weren't for the grace of God. He has a way of taking those places in your life. And he has a way of using those things. See, everybody wants to be a diamond, but nobody wants to get cut. We don't want to be the laughing stock. We don't want people to talk about us. Then we get caught up in what they're saying about us instead of what he knows about us. Then we're spending our whole life trying to sit and be quiet because we don't want to put ourselves out there. Because if we put ourselves out there, then somebody's going to show a video about you. Somebody's going to start talking about you. And as long as you're quiet and not doing what God wants you to do, You're dying in secrecy. See, in order for God to give us something new, he has to disrupt something normal. Because why? We like comfort. I want to be old with you. So when you walk out on me, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this pandemic. When I've been working at that company for 38 years. And all of a sudden they roll me in and say you don't have a job no more. What you going to do? When you don't see no money in your bank account. What you going to do? This wasn't a part of your plan. So you're going to allow yourself to lay in this place. And be mad at things you can't change. Are you going to learn how to really believe that God is who he says he is. And there's nothing in your past better than your future. And if you would stop looking in the rear view mirror. And begin to put that break the doggone thing off. And begin to look out of that windshield. And know I've gone to hell. And I've come out on fire. You've been sleeping on me. But while you're sleeping on me. I've been getting my, my praise on. I've been getting my stamina. I've been like Rocky Balboa, man. See, you've been sleeping on me. Yeah, I did everything they said I did. Come on. Do I got some people up in here that did everything they said you did? Oh, yeah, huh? You did everything they said you did, but you ain't that person no more. Why? Because once you come to know me, all all things have passed away, and I've made things new in my life. Come on, hit your neighbor. Say, I'm the comeback kid. I'm I'm coming back. Come on, tell them I'm coming back. 
I'm coming back. Come on, give them an elbow. I'm coming back. This pandemic was just a reset. This pandemic was just a place for me to recalibrate. While everybody else was sleeping, I was getting amped up. Uh-huh. See, when you hear no, you got to think of what's next. I've heard no. Anybody heard no? Anybody heard a lot of no's? Anybody been in a season of no? Don't you hate them no's? Don't you hate whenever you're qualified but nobody sees it? Don't you hate it when, when all of us, oh, don't you hate it? Serve and serve and serve and do and do and do and be and be. Ain't nobody seeing you. You want to lay down? Where are you, God? You said you would stick closer than a brother, and I feel like you with the rest of them that walked out of my life. See, when you hear no's, you got to think what's next. Because here's the key it's all right here. Either you're going to die, or you're going to get your butt up. Guess whose choice it is? Whose choice is it? Come on, I'm talking to some hardheads in here. I'm talking to some stubborn ones in here. You've been stalking your ex on Facebook. You've been mad at your daddy for molesting you. Yeah, all of those things stink. But let me tell you something. Anything in your past is supposed to stay in your past. Rejection was not necessarily someone wanting out of your life. But it was somebody that God needed out of your future. You got to hang with people. Who bring peace to your life instead of problems. Why do we love the ones that don't love us? But we love the we 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 we, we are mean to the ones that could help us and do more for us and believe in us. See, a lot of times God's got to get the show dogs out of the way. Sometimes he's got to get the people out of the way. That's me, 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 me. The ones that are riding in your boat, drilling holes in your boat instead of paddling. Sometimes you don't understand why that rejection had to happen. But God said, I had to let the rejection happen so that I could release you into your next level. And as long as you let the rocket boosters stay on longer than they're supposed to, they will drag sabotage your future Barnabas was healed 2,000 years ago yet we still call him blind Barnabas Rahab left the business but is still called Rahab the harlot the son came home and is still called The prodigal son. See, God calls them redeemed, but people have a knack for only identifying you for who you used to be or for what you did. But Jesus sees you and says, you are redeemed. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. You are redeemed. All things are made new. Let it go. Let it go. You ain't got to take this crap anymore. Let it go. Let it go. What you holding on to? 
Let a season in your life define your whole lifetime. They ain't worth it. Peace is priceless. They going to say whatever they want to say. But they still going to be watching. See, people that talk about you believe in your power more than you believe in your power. See, they wouldn't be talking about you if they didn't believe in your power. Anybody else left broke, been left broken? Anybody else been forgotten? Anybody else been in this pandemic feeling alone? Anybody else don't know what you're going to do? Now some of y'all done so hopeless, it's not even funny. See, I really think the reason so many of us stop growing is because we get comfortable. Y'all, I promise you, I looked in that mirror about a month ago and my panties weren't lying. I was like, girl, you don't need to put the whole hose down. Now, I could have been laying in that bed blaming the pandemic because I was sitting on the couch eating bonbons and scratching my behind because I've gone through some things during this pandemic that should have taken me out. So I ate a few little Doritos and tater chips. You understand what I'm saying? So did y'all. I could see it. But see, at some point, I had to get myself together and say, Kimberly, your knees are fat. Your knees look like your ankles. You have to get to a place in your life where you stop waiting for people that ain't even valid to validate you. And you learn how to look in that mirror and say, if I'm sick and tired of something, I need to change this. I lost 14 pounds. I showed it. Can't tell me. Can't nobody tell me nothing. I think we get comfortable. How many feel like you're too comfortable right now? You feel comfortable. You're like, yeah, I'm comfortable. See, when we stop moving, we become stagnant. And stagnant means to stop being active. And some of us are not growing in our lives because we got stagnant. We got stagnant because we stopped during the pandemic. We stopped after that divorce. We stopped after we got furloughed. We stopped after our kids left our house. And now we're staring at our husband going, I don't even like you. We stopped. We got stagnant. We got stagnant because we stopped moving. We stopped moving because we got comfortable. And we get comfortable because we stopped growing. And in order for us to grow, we got to be pruned. You gotta let yourself ouch. You gotta put the bonbons down. You gotta stop eating after seven o'clock. You gotta do some things that are gonna help you grow. The one thing this pandemic has taught us, I gotta help myself grow. Why? Because my pastor is sitting at home with the pandemic too. And it's taught you how to stop taking it to the phone and take it to the throne. It's taught you that you got the same power that I got on the inside of me. I just need to adjust my sail. I need to adjust my mind. I need to get my heart right. If we embrace it, we will grow. Those areas that are not growing in your life, that ain't nobody but you. If you keep finding yourself, Bishop, at the same place, Kendall, you keep finding yourself at the same cycle. I'm back here again. I can't get traction in my life. 
guess who's the common denominator? Who? Who? All five bosses? Me. Every time I keep seeing a pattern in my life, pastors, I have to sit down and I got to look in that mirror. And I say, girl, sit down, sit your hips down, and you let God do some work on the inside of you. Why? Because I got to break the cycles off my life. I got things I want to do. And you know what I've discovered is that thieves don't rob empty vaults. The enemy's not fighting you because you're weak. He's fighting you because you're strong. He's fighting you because you're the trailblazers. He's fighting you because you're the game changer of your family. See, you think that you're the black sheep. But one thing I've learned about black sheep is they turn out to be the goats of the family. See, sometimes the pruning is discipline. Sometimes it's just shaping us. Sometimes God breaks our spirit to save our soul. If we look at fruit trees... It's the water sprouts that have to be pruned. They're not bad branches. They are not sucking the life out of the tree, but they are blocking the light from reaching the fruit, bearing branches. And I left on a trip about two weeks ago, and I came back, and all of a sudden I had all these weeds, and I'm like, what in the They grew up in 24 hours. That's what happens when we don't allow the pruning to take place in our life. Every time something hurts our life, we shut down. Anybody else shut down? I used to be the shut down queen. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to confront it. I don't want to go there. But then I found myself at about 47 years old. And I'm like, I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. If you ain't if you ain't growing in my life, I'm cutting you. I'm cutting you. And don't be mad at me for cutting you when you handed me the scissors. Don't be mad at me when you had the same opportunity to grow as I did. And you ain't my life nor... Sometimes there are things in our lives that are not inherently bad, but they're keeping us from being as fruitful as we should be. See, pruning, it's it's not always because you're doing something wrong. It's because you're doing something right, Pastor. And it's just getting you uncomfortable but you have to lean in to the light of Jesus it's going to all make sense why these things had to happen because they were blocking your fruit if you look at an orchard what they do often is they clip the ends of the healthy fruit branches off. If they let it grow out too much, it won't have the strength to hold the fruit in the next season. It will collapse under the weight of the fruit because it's growing outward and not inward. Sometimes God cuts things off of us So we can grow inwardly and not outwardly. 
So that when he brings the fruit into the next season, we will be able to withstand where he's taking us. It's about to make sense. See, so many times we want God to grow what we're doing without changing what we are doing. Man, about a year and a half ago, y'all, I literally had to walk through something in my life. I feel like I'm always having to walk through things, and it's because I keep getting ahead of God. And guess what? Pain is no respecter of persons. And I found myself in this place that I needed to be. I was preaching all over the world, getting home, doing what I did, And then one day I found myself and God was jerking a knot in my head. And he said, I had to let you hit rock bottom again. So that you could find out who the rock is at the bottom, which is Jesus. Every once in a while, he'll allow us to crack and fold so that we can glean on him again. Because we don't really need Jesus as long as everything's going good. But when all of a sudden we're laying there and need a ventilator on COVID, we call out to Jesus. When our husband walks out after 28 years or your wife walks out after 13 years and you've got to glean on Jesus. You don't know what you're going to do. You don't know where you're going to live. You don't know what you're going to drive. And you've got kids that are devastated. You've got to lean into Jesus he's the way he's the truth we walk through life saying God bless me I was faking it never making it the queen of faking it man anybody else good at faking it queen of walking into church how you doing sister blessed and highly favored you ain't no more happy than the man in the moon and we can tell in worship when you're sitting there like Nobody wants to sit by you. But you're blessed and highly favored. But God can't bless a mess and you can't be messy and anointed. So God's over here saying, I need you to get it together. See, we get comfortable. We stop growing and we say, God, grow what I'm doing rather than God evaluate what I'm doing to see if it's conducive to the growth that I need in my life. If God wouldn't have allowed me to hit that again ever so often. Because y'all, I'm literally like, this girl is on fire. I can't sing because my throat. But I will get so much ahead of God. That every once in a while he's got to pull you back. It's not a bad thing. He's just saying, I see a storm ahead of you. And I need you to hold your potatoes. Your character cannot keep up with where I'm taking you. I need you to get it together. Your character is what keeps messing you up. I want to take you here, but your purpose is calling and you are not ready. Walt Disney was a remarkable man. He never gave up. Early in his career, a newspaper fired him because they thought he had no good ideas. That just made Disney try even harder. When he was starting out in Kansas City, he couldn't sell his cartoons. Some hinted that he had no talent. But Walt Disney had a dream. So he set out to conquer his foes. He found a minister 
who paid him a small amount of money to draw advertising pictures, his flyers, at his church. Disney had no place to stay. So that church let him sleep in the mouse-infested garage of the church. One of those mice is named Mickey. The whole world knows him. See, in the early days, it was tough. But that remarkable, creative visionary refused to give up. Walt would have would occasionally present some unbelievable, I love this, would occasionally present some unbelievable extensive dream to his board and team about an idea he was entertaining. Almost without exception, the members of his team and board would go and blink and stare back at him in disbelief. Resisting even the thought of such a thing. They would shut him down. But unless every member resisted the idea, Disney usually wouldn't pursue it. The challenge wasn't big enough to merit his time and creative energy unless they were unanonymously in disagreement. Is it any wonder that Disneyland and Disney world are now realities this type of faith is what's required for visionaries what do you want your families to look like what do you see your dream what do you see on the front of your book you're supposed to be right do you have a vision Habakkuk says write the vision make it plain Stop complaining about not where you're not and begin to put it up on your refrigerator. You want to lose weight? Put a skinny model on your fridge and every time you want to go eat cheese at 9 o'clock at night, remind yourself. The problem is we stop growing so we stop moving. Someone dies and we begin to grieve and we don't understand that in order to move, you got to learn to mourn and move. It's all in our actions. Disney, we need to dream big and trust in God for impossible. Just like him. See, the Israelites were in an impossible situation like some of you tonight. They had been conquered by a foreign nation. Their cities had been burned to the ground. The temple had been destroyed and the entire nation had been exiled and captured. All hope had seemed lost. Yet God still had a plan in the midst of this impossible situation. He got back up again. He kept dreaming when everybody else was shutting him down. That's where some of you are tonight. You are exactly where they said you would be. And now you have allowed a season in your life to define your lifetime. Wanting God to be your gopher wanting God to be a genie in a bottle and you're not putting any work in. You know what I've discovered in my 48 years of living is that don't work. 
Because God is a gentleman. And God needs you to be willing to change your thinking, your stinky thinking. You can give $33 all day long in the offering. But if you don't change your ways, if you don't change your heart, if you don't change the the attitude of needing a full-time God on a part-time relationship, ain't nothing going to change in your life. you got to change your attitude. That's what's been so funny in this pandemic, Seth. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And we've been the biggest chickens on the planet. Scared of cooties. Do y'all even know what we're scared of? Do we even know what COVID is? But we're scared. We can go to Sam's. Because COVID ain't at Sam's. I'm not going to go there. Let's read Ezekiel 37. I'm about to do a drive-by. I'm going to go all the way through 10. It says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. And I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. When he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Some of y'all need to talk to your situation. Stop calling Cleo. Stop chasing a word and open your Bible. Prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath. In them, and you will come to life. If this is what he's saying, why are you still dead? Why have you given up on life? Because, Kim, you don't understand. It's easier said than done. What does that even look like? How is it easier said than done? Because you're not moving. You're afraid. You know what you're afraid of? What are you afraid of? People. Of the day, we're afraid of what people are going to say about us. We're afraid we're going to fail. We're afraid what our ex said about us is true. We're afraid of what our father said. You ain't nobody, you ain't never going to amount to nothing. We're afraid of what that bully teacher in fourth grade said about you. You're never going to make it. You walk out of my life, you ain't never going to make it. We're afraid what if their words are finale. But this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath in you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you. You will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7 says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. That's what happens when you get up. Even if you're dragging your big old thick thigh, they're listening to the bones coming back together again. 
And as I was prophesying, there was a noise. There was a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. I can hear it. Clack, click, 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 click. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them and there was no breath in them. See, sometimes you're almost there. You're starting to feel a little bit better. But then you're disappointed because now you need the full healing, but the healing ain't all the way there yet. There wasn't breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy. Son of man, and say to it, This is what the sovereign Lord says Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain, and they may live. Verse 10. This is why the enemy's got you walked. This is why you can't even pray at night. Because life and death are in the power of your words. This is why you're asking us to pray for you and getting on every prayer call you can. Because God ain't moving quick enough for you. Why? Because he's waiting on you to get into alignment. He's waiting on you to get to a place where he knows you won't prostitute your anointing for another man, for another situation, another day in your life. He's waiting on you to prophesy. Says in verse 10, so I prophesy. See, see, I paint pictures with my words. When I'm reading this, this is, I, I'm understanding because for so long I didn't open my mouth either. Preacher's kid. He says, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered my lungs. They came to some people in this room that God is cultivating a sauce on the inside of you. It's called tears. It's called depression. It's called pain. It's called being a single mama and having to do it so hard and afraid you failed your kids. situation where was the last time you faced an impossible obstacle the feeling of hopelessness Ezekiel was taken by the Lord to a valley filled with dry bones those dry bones are all of those old friends that walked out of your life when it wasn't popular to like you anymore love you but now I don't love you no more that old pastor that walked you to the door and said get out 
back and start a job making $9 an hour after you used to make 500000 You can't eat at the country club no more. That's your dandruff, boss. What are you holding on to in your mind and your heart? That God is over here saying, Drinking another bottle of wine for you. I'm not taking another Ambien for you. I'm not taking another Prozac for you. I'm not eating another chili dog from T Mac, a, a mobile down the street. I ain't doing it no more. I'm getting my butt off. I'm shaking my lazy bones. See, the problem is the devil's working and you ain't. Ezekiel is taken by the Lord. See, you ain't opening your mouth, but you got the power. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in here. See, as Ezekiel is taken by the Lord to a valley filled with dry bones, and the bones represented the Israelites. As a people, they'd been conquered. Their cities had been destroyed, and they were in exile. All hope and any chance of life is normal. It's gone. See, dry bones is as dead as you can get. My daddy died three months ago. In a pandemic. And we didn't embalm him. We didn't, we didn't, we weren't gonna bury him, we were gonna burn him. Because he's in heaven anyway. And when we walked in there, my daddy was standing there with no breath in his lungs. I was struggling with the fact, do I be mad at God because he had a perfect opportunity to work a miracle? Or do I let my daddy fly? Because my whole life, we were united Pentecostal and he was a preacher and he sang every Sunday, one glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away in the morning. Who am I to grab him? And God started speaking to me. He said, there's a difference in dry bones at your own fault and dry bones when you're escorted into the kingdom of heaven because you did well, well done, my good and faithful servant. How many people are sitting in this room tonight and you are dead, you are dry, you are broken because you won't release the decay in your heart and your mind. My bones is as dead as you can get. My daddy was the prettiest dead man I ever seen in my life. He was dry. He was still pretty. Why? Because when my daddy wanted to give up, he got back up again. When he took his last breath, heaven was standing. He said, come on, man. You ain't even going to be in the south side of heaven. You're going to be right by me. Why? So when my 
dad wanted to throw in the towel pastors because people walked out on him. My daddy and my mama got back up again and praised their way through when people were walking out of our church because you saints will do that. If we do something you don't like, my church don't even look like the same church before the pandemic because people are fickle. But God is good. So here's what you have to do. You can't allow yourself to become dead and dry when God has given you everything you need. See, death occurs when your heart stops. And often the heart can be restarted and the person brought back to life. But then there's brain dead. You ain't none of these. You st- I need y'all to do this. Just move your fingers. Move your feet. Come on. As long as you have a pulse, God has a plan. As long as you ain't dead, God ain't done. Pastor, I'm talking to you tonight. It ain't over just because of a pandemic. It ain't over just because of millennials are coming up and they're making you look like you ain't got nothing because you old. It ain't over, mama, because you're, you're, you're sitting there trying to work your tail off with your single babies and you wonder, will a man ever love me and my kids? Yes, 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 yes. Situations in life can be like that sometimes. It can make you feel tired. There may be issues in your life that seem difficult right now. Whew. But you are trusting in God to get you through. Pastor friends of mine have been telling me forever. Pastors will wear you out. And then forget about you. They'll use you up. And when your daddy dies, where they at? Your ex, use you up. Take your blood. But you have to make up in your mind. I ain't dead. God ain't done. And devil, there must be a reason why you have been fighting me tooth and nail for the last 20 years of my life. But I am getting up today and I'm about to come out. I may have to eat Roman noodles for the next 10 years, starting all over again. But I'll get me some hot dogs, some Tony Sashtri, and I'll prophesy Papa Do's for the rest of my life. I refuse to die here when I still have breath in my body. There's hope in you. Over time, hope fades. And at some point, dreams die. But get a new dream. Get a new dream. If they walked out of your life, let them go. If they gave you walking papers during pandemic let them go because there's somebody on the other side that needs what you carry one day there is somebody that's going to be delivered because of your testimony (laughs) 
there's somebody that's crying and praying for you. you to get the Holy Ghost. What does that even look like? I'm coming back. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm coming back. God, you said that you will be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The therapist ain't doing it, God. I need something. What is God saying to you tonight? I am your something. Speak to your bones tonight. Speak to your bones tonight. What does that even look like? It's hearing God's voice. How do I know what God's voice is? Well, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not on the gram. It's not on fake book. It's open in your Bible. Blessed is a man who walketh not in the council of the ungodly. Nor stands in the seat of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I'm moving. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm moving. I'm moving. I'm coming. See, Ezekiel is told to prophesy to the bone. Some of y'all got to say something. Some of your life looks like what you're saying. It's all those negative people in your life that's always talking about everybody else. You better remove yourself. You better take them from the VIP section of your life. And you better put them in the balcony. You better put them in the nosebleed. And you better tell them, it's not that I don't love you. I love you. But I love you from up there. Because I got to get my year back. I got to get 2020 back. I got to take it back. Joel 2.25 says, he says it. I'm going to give you back everything the devil stole. Everything that was stolen from your life. It's coming back. It's coming back. He was told to prophesy. You're about to prophesy. Some of y'all need to get home. Come on, get your mouth. Come on. Come on, get it going, get it going, get it going. Some of y'all have been muted for long enough. You don't even know how to move your body. It's like going back to the gym after the pandemic. You can't even move. Your thighs hurt. Everything hurts because you're back in that gym again. Same thing with learning to find your voice again. Same thing with learning how to praise your way through a pandemic again. It's the same thing. And it all starts with you. Ezekiel was told to prophesy to the bones, saying, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. When most people think of prophecy, they think it's like fortune telling. Or standing out on the street with a sign that says, repent, Jesus is coming back. 
Prophecy simply means hearing God's voice. And guess what it means? Repeating what he has said. It is speaking God's word for a particular time, place, and person. I shall live and not die. I shall be still and know. Psalms 46 and 10. The God I serve is a God of the nation. He knows. He knows my name. He knows my name. He knows my name. He's equipped me for such a time as this. It ain't taking God by surprise what I'm walking through. Surprise. It ain't taking him by. You might have everybody else totally in the dark. But guess who you ain't got? Prophecy means hearing the voice of God and repeating what he has said. It is speaking God's word for a particular time, place, and person. Wouldn't you have felt a bit funny talking to dry bones? That's how come some of you ain't talking to your dry bones. Not me, boo. It ain't beyond me to get in that car, Lance. Lay hands on myself when I'm acting cray-cray. When I'm acting petty, when I'm petty crocker, when I'm bitter Betty, when I'm acting pitiful and not powerful, I will lay in that. I will be in my car. I don't care who's looking. I got RTK written on the back of my on my tag like an idiot. I sure do. But I'll be going, come out. I'll be praying over everything. Why? I don't need you to pray for me. I serve the same God you serve. And I know there's fire in my body. There's fire in my feet. There's fire in my hands. You've got to open your mouth and say something. You've got to speak to that hopeless situation. Speak over your marriage. Speak it over your funny money. Stop telling God how bad it is and start telling your, your, your mountains how big your God is. I challenge you. Next 30 days. If you had to pay me, I'd give you money back. Because I know it works. Guaranteed. We've seen it at Limitless Church. Amos 9, 13 through 15. In the message version, the thug version, it says, God's decree says, things are about to happen so fast. Your head is about to spin. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon blessing. You won't even be able to keep up. Blessing coming. Blessing going. When I walk in, listen, everybody gets blessed. Why? Because I'm there. See, what God is asking you to do is to say, to the situation you might be in right now. He says to you, dry bones, you're the word of the Lord. You know why somebody, some of y'all got fibromyalgia? Lupus? High blood pressure, cholesterol? Kim, it was in my family. 
I'm just stuck with it. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But you know why you got it? Because you're owning it. You're letting it reside in your body. You're letting it stay in your body. I know people that have gotten healed that were totally broken down on the inside and made it through the COVID. Why? They refused to die. They refused to lay down. They refused. They refused to give up. They got, and I'm not saying I know COVID's real. And if your loved ones died, died in the COVID, I'm so sorry. My daddy died. I get it. But they wouldn't want to be back here. Get up. You've been grieving long enough. Get up. Get up. I was at the airport and I'm closing. And I met a man who asked me, what am I doing? Now I had been on planes. And I did not want to be talking to nobody. I love everybody. But I don't, the airplane is the one place that is my I put my earphones in. I'm like, la, 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 la. I'm in the heavens. I'm singing with Jesus and Bethel in Maverick City. I was in the airport and this man asked me, he said, what do you do for a living? I looked at him. I was like, really? I said, I'm a preacher. And I was sure that title would scare him away because I'm sure he'd be like a woman preacher, whatever, because you know, He'd be like, oh, yeah. He was having his whole drink and everything. You know what I'm saying? He said, oh, you're a preacher. That's cool. You don't look like a preacher. I said, surprise. I said, yeah, I was told I couldn't preach my whole life, but ta-da. He saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst. In me. He said, Oh, you're a preacher. I was sure that was going to run him off, but it didn't. He grabbed a stool and moved it close. I said, Oh, dear God. He said, Let me tell you a little bit about my story. He said, I was an illegitimate child. He said, I never knew my dad. And he said, I was made fun of all my life at school. And all the kids used to always say, Oh, there's that bastard kid. He said, I was so embarrassed of that. I always felt like people were always staring at me. And I always felt like I was, I was not important. And one day, a new preacher came to our town. And he said, everybody in the city was talking about this new preacher. He said, so I went. He said, I would get there early and I would leave early. But I loved it. And I would go every Sunday. He said, then one Sunday, I got so caught up in the preacher's sermon. He said that I forgot to leave early. And before I knew it, they said, amen. And this big old hand hit the back of my shoulder. And he said, son, who's your family? And he said, I want to sink down in my chair. He said, son, who's your father? And before I could even say anything, the man said, oh, I know who your daddy is. He said, I know who you are, son. There's a distinct resemblance of the Father on you. And he said, that day something shifted in my life. And he said, I love preachers to this day because that man shifted who I was always made to be. When he walked off, the waitress comes over and she says, you know who that was? I said, no, ma'am. She said, that's Ben Hooper. He's a two-term governor of Tennessee. 
He got up. He praised his way through. See, if you believe what God says about the bones in your life, nothing is impossible for him. With God, valleys of dry bones become armies of righteousness. Impossibilities become possibilities. And there is nothing that God cannot do. So when you say a situation or a person is hopeless, you are slamming the door in the face of God. God says that tonight. He says, if you'll act, if you'll move, I'll be right there. I'll be with you through thick and thin. Hold you during troubled waters. See, we don't serve a God that's like Titanic. Your situation don't have to kill you. Your your situation was put into your life to propel you to that next level. Speak to your dead dry bones tonight. If you're up one day and down one day, you feel so broken and so alone. Sitting there holding your hand right now. What's that song? Stick with me through thick and thin. I can't sing it. What is it, Bishop? Whitney Houston. Count on me through thick and thin. I'll be with you now and then. Never walk alone in this life. I'll hold you close and get you right. Call on me and I'll be there for you. Holding you, setting you up for the future. Call on me. That's how God is in your life. You can stand up. Call on me. And I'll be here. What are you holding on to tonight? What are you holding on to tonight? That all you got to do is this. Step over, Bishop. You ain't got to go back. Guess what? When your past calls... Let it go to voicemail. It ain't got nothing new to say. Some of y'all have given CPR to the dead situation for the last time. Some of y'all, it may be your child and you may be saying, it's my mother, it's my child. Put them in the balcony and love them from a distance until God can fix the situation. Whatever you're holding on to tonight. If you're in this place tonight and you say, Kim, I hear you. I hear you. And you don't know who Jesus is. You got to know who Jesus is. I can always tell people that don't really know who Jesus is. Because they're up one day and down one day. How are you going to be prophesied on Facebook one day and being messy the next? How are you going to be causing social uh, uh, injustice, temperaments roar and how? Ask yourself right now, am I messy or am I anointed? 
And all you got to do is make a shift tonight. If you're done crying over that situation. If you're done putting up flowers on that grave. Done. Done. I'm not stalking you on Facebook another day. It ain't personal. It ain't personal. I'm not even mad at you. God may not be through with you, but I am. you're in this place tonight and you say Kim I got some cycles I need broken in my life suffocate me I want you to get out of your chair and come down here if you need Jesus get out of your chair and come down here